Hello and welcome to the Limerick Post Podcasts. We are Limerick. I'm your host, Keen Reinhardt. Join me each week as we get to know the people of Limerick who are making the city and county what it is today. You can keep up to date with all Limerick news, sport and entertainment by following the hashtag Keeping Limerick Posted across all our social media channels or visiting limerickpost.ie. So this week's episode, we're not in a regular studio. We're in St. Flannan's Church here in Killaloo, and I'm joined by Joachim Rover. Hello. The Artistic Director for the Killaloo Chamber Music Festival. How is everything going? Oh, it's great. Yeah. This is this is a very, very busy period. I uh, imagine so. I mean, the preparations have gone on for a whole year with a fabulous committee, everybody very passionate and dedicated, but working throughout the year. But this is this is the week when it's all happening, and, and uh, the props have arrived, uh, the costumes for the opera, the stage has been erected, and later on today, uh, the first musicians are uh, uh, arriving and, uh, and start rehearsing. So thanks very much for taking the time out to join no us. I know we are very busy. Uh, maybe you could reflect on last year's festival before we get into this one. Oh, last year's festival. Every year this festival is growing. This is now, this year will be the seventh uh, year. We started in 2013 and every year I'm adding a little bit more on, on the site and an extra concert and an extra idea. So it's growing and uh, not only uh, the festival is growing but also the appreciation of the audiences are growing. So so people are really are taking take for it yeah so uh, this is its fifth year the seventh year. seventh year it's the seventh year now uh, yes. how has the audience changed over those seven years well we, uh, there used to be a festival actually in Killaloo uh, um, until about 2001 and uh, and then the festival was moved away from here back to Limerick uh, and so there was this big gap and people on the streets were always asking me when are you coming back uh, with your festival because people really appreciate it it's something really uh, very strongly connected to the community uh, and uh, in 2013 we just said no this is the time we're going to come back uh, but we can make it a chamber music festival so it's a, sm- a slightly smaller setting uh, about 150 200 people we can fit into the audience but it's a very intimate feeling uh, musicians are uh, very much talking to the audience. Uh, we try to break down the barriers, and I think that has really paid off over the years. And uh, uh, people are very comfortable now. And uh, this pre- preconception or misconception uh, of uh, that chamber music is anything sort of strange or difficult, or for the select few, we're trying to get get really away from it and uh, break down the barriers. And people have taken it. Very much. And it's chamber music, and there's also opera involved. Oh yeah, it's it's yeah. a lot. It's, uh, chamber music is at the heart of it. Yeah. But uh, last year, I started introducing chamber opera, because that is a genre in in Ireland and actually uh, across the world that is very very neglected. And uh, it makes total sense to me to have because I have the musicians here uh, and I have a stage to do this sort of very small-scale uh, opera. So it's very few musicians, very few singers, a few props, but fully costumed. Uh, they're not very long, they're very accessible, and I always try to uh, to find uh, pieces uh, uh, of the repertoire that have never been performed in Ireland. So this is very, very exciting, yeah. And there's uh, an art exhibition always since the beginning, since 2013. Uh, we also have uh, a speaker this year, and we have uh, students, so we are almost edging on on, the, on, a, on an arts festival rather than a music festival. Yeah. But I suppose the chamber music is always going to be at the centre of it. And usually when people think of opera, they'll think of the big centres. Like down in Wexford, you have the 
Wexford Opera yes. and then up in Dublin you'll have operas as well yes Killaloo is the first place you'd well, think of yes absolutely but when you're driving in it's such a beautiful scene oh, yes you know? it is if you have been to Killaloo it's sort of crying out for a music festival really this, at uh, this beautiful cathedral 12th century cathedral gives a very very atmospheric background uh, to to our concerts and all our concerts are actually taking place in the cathedral there's the banks of the River Shannon, there's lots of cafes and restaurants, and it's just a really, really good place to hang out at a, on a weekend uh, in June. And coming back to the venue, uh, what drew you here, apart from its beauty? Well, it is, uh, <laughs> it is, uh, it is beautiful, uh, but it's got also really special acoustics. Uh, and it is uh, quite unique um, um, as, a, as, a, as a piece of architecture and, and the building and, and the whole surrounding to have a very, very old cathedral with such acoustics in such a beautiful spot. Uh, and actually, there are also quite a number of musicians living in and yeah. around Kalu, thanks to the Irish Chamber Orchestra, uh, who relocated to, to uh, the University of Limerick uh, 25 years ago mm-hmm. now. Uh, a lot of musicians settled here, and uh, so there's already a bit of a musical vibe going on. And will many of those musicians be playing in yes, concerts? Yes, so yes, So they'd be used to the Absolutely, venue. absolutely, yeah. yeah. They have been here since the very beginning. <laughs> and then we have, of course, other musicians who try to get the very, very best of Ireland. And then we also have uh, some amazing international guests coming to Killaloon. So the theme of the festival changes every year? It does, yeah. This year it's... Literary it is literature. literature. So the theme is notes from literature. I always, since the beginning, I try to uh, 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 plan my program around a theme because I think it, is, it really gives some great context to, to music. Uh, repertoire is vast, of course. But it also helps the musicians and the audience to, to sort of be guided a little bit through the music. Uh, a little bit of context, a little bit of history, uh, not too much, uh, and also I think it really um, emphasizes the what I believe uh, is that music is mainly storytelling. Uh, so I had a whole storytelling theme a couple of years ago. I did uh, late works last year. All that in in order to to show to people that the composers who wrote these amazing pieces are human beings, and I bring them down from their divine heights. You know, just again to break yeah. down the barriers. This year it is literature. Uh, Ireland is such, has such strong traditions in uh, literature and uh, storytelling and listening to stories. So it was just a matter of time that I would come <laughs> to, to literature. And uh, actually composers were, of course, reading books and they were always looking for inspiration. And there's uh, a lot of books they have um, taken inspiration from. And this year, our three main evening concerts uh, will all be, each one of them will be concentrating on one very famous book. Uh, the first night, Friday night, will be Don Quixote by Cervantes. Of course, we can't stage the big tone poem by Richard Strauss, <laughs> which would require 120 musicians. But there's chamber, chamber works also uh, written, uh, inspired by Don Quixote. Uh, the second night will be uh, focusing on uh, Tolstoy's Kreutzer Sonata, very famous book, uh, uh, written uh, as a reflection on Beethoven's Kreutzer Sonata, which Tolstoy uh, heard. And later Janacek, a Czech composer, 
uh, was inspired by the novella by Tolstoy. So it, it really makes it a really quite a round program. And finally, on Sunday night, our final concert uh, will will be all about the the most famous love story of all, uh, Romeo and Juliet. So, uh, d did you find it difficult to pair music with not literature, or not at all? Because the music is is is, is great, and it's the music is storytelling. So you could, uh, you know, in an opera, for instance, you could take the words away, and you would hear the story in the music. So, so that's what I really want to achieve: is, is that people uh, appreciate music as as storytelling, uh, and uh, we're gonna have the celebrated Barry McGovern here, uh, straight from Game of Thrones to Killaloo, to to read excerpts from those wor uh, works, and so that makes it all very round the program. And Sunday, actually, we will have two students from from Mary Immaculate uh, College, students of uh, the drama and theatre. Uh, department who will perform a scene from Romeo and Juliet. So it all comes together. And in terms of a format, will it be intertwined or...? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Well, you know, there will be a piece and then there will be a bit of reading and there will be another piece and then you go have a cup of tea in between and then you have a little bit more music and then we all go over to Ponte Vecchio across the road and have a glass of wine afterwards. Lovely. Musicians and audience alike. So that's, that's the idea, you know, all together. And we have these uh, costumes behind us, so there will be stage shows. Yes. Yeah. So, so uh, besides those three evening concerts, which are all about literature, uh, we will have uh, in the second year now uh, um, a first product, first pr a premiere of an opera, a chamber opera in uh, in Killaloo. This year it's going to be Telemann's Pimpinone, which is a short opera, uh, but it's going to be fully costumed. Uh, and fully staged. Um, we have six uh, Baroque strings. They're going to play uh, on gut strings, uh, tuned down uh, instruments, uh, led or directed by the wonderful uh, Peter Whelan, uh, one of the finest of Irish musicians, really, from the harpsichord. And we're very, very uh, fortunate and lucky that we uh, could join up with uh, Opera Collective Ireland with this as a collaboration. And they uh, are the guarantor for for professional, really professional opera. It's a great story, actually, yeah. uh, uh, of a sort of a, a, a wealthy guy who really wants to get married, and then he marries his chambermaid. Uh, and after the chambermaid uh, got, gained access to his heart, she uh, eventually also gets access to the keys to the larder and eventually to the money box. That's the whole story. It's, it's really um, uh, a comic opera, so it's, it's lots of laughs in there. Yeah, and uh, even for people who aren't, don't think they're interested in opera, there's something here for everyone really, isn't Absolutely. there? Absolutely. Yeah. The, the whole festival is, you, have, you don't need any knowledge about music, you don't need any experience in previous uh, concert goings, you, you don't have to wear special clothes, anything, everything is really, really cool and you just come and relax and listen to the music. It's extremely accessible. Uh, there's, no, there's no difficulty about listening to music. And everybody loves music, that's the great thing. And there's only a difference between good music and not so good music. But it totally is, uh, the genre is totally irrelevant. Mm -hmm. So I can promise you that the music here is going to be very good and very, very enjoyable. And uh, your, your own background in music? Well, I grew up in East Germany uh, back in those days uh, behind the Iron Curtain and I went to college there and after all those years 
of college and my first uh, attempts in uh, in uh, symphony orchestras, I really needed to go away from Germany because, of course, I, I wasn't able to travel at all in those days. And the Irish Chamber Orchestra at that point was newly founded, and uh, and uh, I thought that this is this is exactly what I want. I want something new away from the the. Uh, very heavy, very good, but very heavy traditions of, of uh, classical music uh, performance in, in Germany. And uh, yeah, so I came to Ireland and uh, I became a member of the orchestra. I'm now principal viola with the, with the Irish Chamber Orchestra and uh, it's absolutely wonderful 24 years now. And uh, what's the difference between the music being played in Germany at that time and in Ireland now? Well, it's just it, uh, the classical music in Germany has been the tradition of, of uh, classical music has been around for so long and it's very strongly uh, uh, structured, structured and based in society. So, so you have uh, almost a hundred symphony orchestras in Germany and the concerts are always full. People sign up to, to, uh, to subscription series and uh, festivals all over the place. Uh, there's a lot of funding for it uh, because it seems to be really really um, very much have a, a place in, in, in people's lives. And here uh, it's sort of a bit slow, you know, you know I suppose the, the history of classical music is, isn't that strong, yeah. you know, there's many fantastic composers in Ireland that have been throughout the history, but just oh, everything on a little smaller scale. So, so we, we're trying to, to change that because I think this, this music is amazing and it's good for anybody and doesn't matter if you're from Ireland or from Greenland or from, from Germany. And do, do you see the uh, acceptance changing Absolutely, in Ireland? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Well, I see Over it the past seven well, years. I see anyway. it with our yeah. festival. Yeah. You know, it really has taken off. There's a lot of interest, national interest, people traveling from quite far now to come to this festival. And we see it with, with the Irish Chamber Orchestra when we go around. Uh, on our regional tours, and we go to very small places. Uh, the whole village flocks to the concerts, you know. So there's some something is happening, you know. And uh, talk to me about the viola. <laughs> the, viola <laughs> the viola is okay. It's uh, uh, it looks like a violin, yeah. but it's bigger. And it's uh, uh, it's held the same way as the violin. It's bigger, uh, and because it's bigger, it's lower. So we go five notes. Lower. further down you'll find us sort of in the middle of the orchestra we are there to mainly to provide harmony uh, while the violins are uh, floating away in their tunes uh, it's a beautiful instrument it's got a sort of a darker sound yeah. uh, but it's much closer to the human voice actually than the violin, the violin so it would suit very, opera very, very well I'd imagine it would yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. and uh, the performances here uh, I, I couldn't imagine there being a full orchestra outside. No, no. But what kind of instruments would we have? Well, so the uh, in the opera, as I said, it's uh, six baroque strings, mm -hmm. uh, mainly from the Irish Baroque Orchestra. They're all arriving tomorrow. So they're based around the country and we are coming together. But one of the instruments is, is very special. It's a theorbo, and that's a, it looks a bit like a lute. Okay. Uh, so it's held like a guitar, but it's the size of a double bass. So it's got a huge long neck uh, with, with uh, uh, sympathetic so-called uh, bass strings, which uh, makes, makes the instrument much more resonant. And we have a fabulous theorbo player coming all the way from Scotland uh, with his big theorbo. And then it will be led by the harpsichord. 
other Chota festivals, we have a, a big range of, of textures and instruments coming from a, going from a string quartet to solo uh, piano. There'll be a fabulous grand piano here as every year. Uh, we have a saxophone quartet. The Chatham Saxophone Quartet was a fantastic yeah. uh, group. Uh, and you know, and, and all these instruments then together in various combinations throughout the festival. So the Theorbo player is coming from Scotland. Is there yes. many other international yes, performers? We have, yes, so we have the Navarra String Quartet coming. It's, a, it's a, probably one of the finest string quartets in Europe coming from England. And we have Michael McHale, a great pianist, Irish pianist, but not based in Ireland. Something I'm really trying to do with this festival is also to to bring back uh, Irish musicians who have made a big name and a big career abroad. And they really, really appreciate to, to come back to Ireland and, and play here for an Irish audience. So uh, something I usually ask my guests are, in their time living in, or in Limerick, how have they seen a change over the last... Limerick itself? Yeah. Oh, I, I love Limerick. Yeah. You know, it was a bit, uh, you know, it was a little bit... Um, quiet in the first years when I arrived here uh, but now it's really really buzzing and 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 absolutely love it there and uh, so so much has been done uh, and the, the, especially the, the art scene and the, the cultural life in Limerick is, is now really thriving as a place to be. Well having the chamber orchestra here must have helped a bit of course, as well. Of course yeah. it was a genius idea in those yeah. days of, of our founders to, to relocate away from Dublin to, to come to the west of the country. Uh, and make our base here in the University of Limerick is fabulous uh, for uh, as our hub, and we have a beautiful, beautiful building, and all our guests who come from all over the world are are really chuffed by it and think, "Wow, that's like that's quite unique to have uh, an own building for a chamber mm -hmm. orchestra." And seeing the growth of the Killaloo Chamber Music Festival in the last seven years. How do you see it progressing in the future? Well, we're definitely going to keep growing yeah. uh, because it's been such a success. And uh, so we are really, really encouraged by, by our audiences, by the feedback we get from the musicians. We will continue to do opera because the co collaboration with uh, uh, Opera Collective Ireland is going really, really beautifully. Uh, yeah, because this, uh, this is such an important thing for our lives to take care of our souls as well as our, our uh, physical health, you know, our, uh, our spirits, you know, need to, need to be fed by, yeah. by arts and, and music is just a great way to do this. And at the moment it runs over three days? Uh, it runs over four days. Four days. We have eight concerts. I should mention the late night concert on Saturday night, which is uh, always a concert where we sort of um, go a little bit further and branch out uh, uh, almost a little bit beyond the chamber music. And this year we're going to have the great Kathleen Turner from Limerick uh, singing Gershwin songs. And if you have heard Kathleen Turner singing before, that's really some extraordinary voice you could get addicted to. So that's going to be amazing. That's going to be amplified with, uh, she's going to perform together with violinist Catherine Hunker Brilliant. and, and uh, pianist Owen Scanlon. And there'll be other, all the other festival musicians will chip in and, uh, and uh, the whole night will be all about Gershwin. And do you, do you ever see the festival becoming a week-long festival? I know we talk about making it bigger, but you can't put an extension on this well, cathedral. Yes. <laughs> well, I don't know about it. At the moment, we, we are really up to our eyes yeah. with, with the four days. As I said, well, it's, yeah. really, it's, a, it's a lot of 
of work to to get this done you know so so maybe but you never you never know you know i would never say never and coming from the performing arts we also have an art exhibition outside that's right yeah, yeah. in the front of the house uh, we have uh, of the cathedral we have uh, some beautiful artworks this year it will be uh, trish taylor thompson and john Sinners who will exhibit uh, some beautiful paintings something i we did from the beginning on because uh, everything inspires uh, each other. Uh, every, uh, uh, um, music is inspired by paintings. Painters were inspired by music. So, so we try to make it a, a, a quite a complete experience. And, and you think this is important for the audience as well? To Absolutely, yeah. yeah. They walk in, the first thing they see is art. And they're already, you know, they're entering a, a sort of a different world, you know, away from the busy lives out on the streets. And, and things like opera, chamber music and art, uh, some people don't see it as accessible because it's usually in a gallery, but bringing this to Killaloo, of course, it of exposes course. people to... Of course, yeah. you can go really, really close to the paintings, you can examine them and then you hear already mu uh, the musicians tuning their instruments. It's all really, really, um, it should be really accessible and there's no, no difficulty. And if, if you feel this is not for you, just... Close your eyes and, and listen to the music and it'll come to you, absolutely no doubt. Brilliant. Uh, Joachim, how can people find out about the festival? Okay, so uh, you, could, uh, um, you could look in, into the Limerick Post, of course, and, and uh, read our articles in it. And thanks very much to the Limerick Post for supporting us over the years. Uh, you can also, if you haven't seen one of these uh, brochures uh, around, uh, that's, that's got all the information in it, but you can also on our website killaloomusicfestival.com where you can also book your tickets or you go straight to tickets.ie where you can also purchase tickets. Perfect. Uh, but I should say the second opera performance uh, on Friday afternoon at three o'clock uh, will be free for everybody under the age of 18. So if someone wants to have a, a nice lunch something different Absolutely, they can pop yeah. along. But also, yeah. also you know we, we really take care of, of the younger people really want to take care of them because you because starting early, it like makes it even easier. Yeah, and it's nice to make it family orientated as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. Rakim, thanks very much for joining us, Thank and you. best of luck with the festival. Thanks very much. You've been listening to We Are Limerick, a Limerick Post podcast. For more news, sport, entertainment, and more podcasts, visit limerickpost.ie.